What's up, fellas? Welcome to Reforming Manhood, the podcast where we talk life from a Christian male perspective. My name is Mike Watt. I'm the Lucha Preacher. I'm Too Sweet Trevor Cowan. And I'm Jamie Jack of All Trades Hinojosa. And we're... Go ahead. What? Go ahead. No? Me? Go ahead. What? Who, who ahead, talks man. first? Can I have a cutter? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Holy crap. Someone All I could not... see was your crappy cutter. I felt like I needed to break up the awkward anyway. You, you do need to break up the awkward with... More awkward. Yeah. Thanks Thanks for that. <sighs> I got my cigar cut. I'm ready now. Oh, are you? We can start? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Trevor. Just smoking. What you smoking? What you smoking? So, Jamie, are you asking me? Was I was, oh. I was uh, for our little jam there, I, I tried to get all three of our voices and meld them into one what you're smoking like um like a demon or what like a like a just giant awesome voice choir <laughs> man choir right uh, man choir awesome. let's do that on yeah. three one two three what, what you smoking? smoking oh dang i like that gonna... something happened in my soul just now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but i wasn't ready <laughs> we're gonna have to do that again for all the listeners retake. Out there. okay we're gonna retake this we're all gonna be nice and loud ready what you two, smoking? three. What, what you smoking? Were you recording here or what? Yeah. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Anyways, we'll see if I can throw that on top. Um, what you smoking, fellas? We'll get this thing started. I have an unusual one for the, for me. <laughs> unusual. One I've, uh, something I've, new. Something, no, not new. It's Is a, that your it's, third cigar today? Listen, you're not. I'm just asking priest. a question. I'm just asking a question. No, don't ask. No, don't ask stupid questions. All right. Listen. But also, also could be. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We've been here a while. Um, I I smoked one for the first podcast, and then we had some some guy time, and I was smoking one, and then what we're doing this podcast. So I, okay, I cool. I just, you don't you don't have to get all defensive. Whatever, you're not my doctor, all right? It's not a sin to smoke cigars. <laughs> nope. It's not a sin to smoke three cigars in a day. I'm jealous. That's a sin. <laughs> That's a sin. That's right. <laughs> I'm coveting the amount of money that you have to buy three cigars in a day. First of all, they were all $3 cigars. <laughs> so if you wouldn't buy a and $20... You all them for Christmas. Yeah. If you wouldn't buy a $20 Davidoff, you could put in the numbers this I'm putting in. This isn't a Davidoff. It's a Camacho. Okay. Which, which was, is made by Davidoff. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> but it doesn't have the Davidoff logo on it, so it's not $20. And also, it's about the size of uh, my pinky. So, Cigar- get off my back. Cigarillo again. Cigarillo. Yeah. You've, you've reviewed these before, too. Huh? I have. Both y'all. Oh, this was the Don't Kick the Door in, right? All right, guys. So no, that's know. the podcast we're recording today. No, no. This, if, when you read it, it says he did, this This one hits different. It doesn't kick the door oh. in. It knocks gently. <laughs> I prefer I prefer something that's not a gentleman. That's right, <laughs> like the Holy Spirit, <laughs> who looks at every atom in the universe and says, "Mine." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so chapter ten. That's that's a good time for a transition, guys. Transition. Well, both of y'all smoking Camachos. I got the uh, factory smoke. Nothing new for you. Sorry, listeners. Um, but we're talking chapter 10 of the 1689. This one's a tough chapter. So there's a lot here, right? But it's very, uh, it's all dense, it's, deep. It's dim, deep. This is, uh, deep waters. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the deep waters. <laughs> effectual calling. The effectual calling mm. of God on his people. Yep. Yep. Which would be way different than ineffectual calling. Uh, 
Provenient grace is oh, what the... Oh, okay. That's the other one. Yep. That's what the... Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into those big words here in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's just dive in. Paragraph one. Um, read uh, to the... Start the enlightened in the sentence that starts with enlightened. Me or Jamie? Doesn't matter. He enlightens their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God. He takes away their heart of stone and oh, gives them there, heart of there, flesh. Yeah, it's not there. Let's talk about effectual calling. And he, when he does that, he enlightens. Say that again. He enlightens their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God. That's right. So, so this is God specifically calling to his specific people mm. whom he is saving. Yeah. Effectually, effectually, yeah, it Cause, works because he cares. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he has a he, and so um, this would be different than provenient grace, right? So we kind of started right. with that. Go ahead and define your terms and, and walk. Yeah, us so through some them. people when they say provenient grace, what what they're talking about is often what we would call common grace, because God is working proveniently before our salvation. Okay, um, so the rain falls on the righteous and the wicked, which common yeah, grace. Yeah, yeah, we would agree with. Yep. However. In dealing with uh, doctrines of soteriology, how we're saved, mm-hmm. um, the uh, uh, Arminians and Semipelagians, and uh, they would use this word called prevenient grace, and they would say that God has worked in someone's life just enough that they can choose good or evil. Okay, so they're saying translation is. God takes 99 steps and they take the one. Yeah, yeah. They, right? they would say that God is a gentleman and he's standing at the door knocking. And, and, and doing things and working out situations yeah. so that they can take the one step. It's just on you to decide if you're going to be saved or not. Yeah. So what's the problem with that? Uh, it's not on you to decide if you're going to be <laughs> saved or not. Uh, uh, they would go Because they would go to verses like Revelation 3 that says... Uh, that Jesus says, knocking at the door. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Here's the yeah. problem. That's yeah. not a verse that talks about salvation. <laughs> um, nowhere in there. He's, ta- he's actually talking to the church there. Yeah. Um, on top of that, if that's not enough for you, we can go to verses like Matthew. Well, well what do you say to the... Uh, where is it? I thought I had it in here somewhere. Um, the uh, the He uh, desires all be saved. What is that? First Timothy? Yeah. Yeah, First Timothy two. God desires for all to be saved. What do you do with that? First of all, um, well, I would say uh, God has multiple desires. Ah, so good. Like, like my desire to lose weight, yet my love for pizza. Mm, I do love some pizza. Uh, I haven't had pizza since Christmas. Good night. That's how long it's been since I've had a slice Talk of pizza. About del- denying <laughs> self denial. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So so yeah, we we as people can be complicated enough to want tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, and want to lose weight, and well, sometimes one desire wins over the other, right? Typically, tacos. For me, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mostly tacos. Mostly tacos. <laughs> yeah, God's good gifts. Um, okay, so so um, that's that's the first thing we would say there. Yes, He has that desire. I'm not denying Scripture when I say, yeah, um, He desires all to be saved. But but somehow, some reason, just because God desires all to be saved doesn't mean He's going to be unjust. Mm. Wow. How is it unjust? It would be unjust for God to just, you know, not convict of sin. Hmm. Let That's everybody good. go free. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Because there's victims. Or to to enable one to take a step and others not to, right? Yeah. <laughs> the 99 yeah. 
Um, okay. All right. Cool. 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 But but got, dive further into your your definition of prevenient grace. What's the problem with it? Um, uh, oh, so there's more problems with it. Like uh, you look at passages like Matthew 11, which says Matthew 11:25. It says, "At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent, and have revealed them to infants. Mm. Yes, Father, for this for this way was well pleasing in your sight." All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son wills to reveal him. Wow. So God God wills some to know and some he to not know. He effectually calls some to know and some to not know. And this is why he used parables also, right? We've talked about mm-hmm. this in the past. He used parables so that some wouldn't understand. Yeah, I, I was going to pull that up to Mark oh, 4, but my, my Bible app... I hate you version. It's the absolute worst. Um, but I, yeah, use, in, I use literal word. It's in Mark four. Literal words, nice. Um, Jesus says he he uh, he teaches parables because to them, talking to the disciples, has been revealed the knowledge of God. Mm. Um, but to those, it hasn't, and he doesn't want them to repent. Mm. Wow, um, that's different. That's different than yeah. Than, what do you do with those verses? Jesus loves you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah so. I saw an article the other day that said why telling some people Jesus loves them isn't helpful. I didn't read it, but I wanted to. I, I meant to go back to it. Yeah, it's something. Uh, well, I've been saying for a while, right? You, you might be under God's wrath, so yep, <laughs> leave some not. room. Leave some room. That's yeah. You're supposed to leave room for gen- vengeance. Leave leave room for God's wrath as well, right? Yep. Um, so, um, any so, any other problems with again prevenient grace? The idea that God takes the ninety nine steps and we take the one. Um, yeah, I mean, Ephesians 2, it tells us that, uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith, this not of your own doing, but a gift of God, so that no man shall boast. Hmm, that's, yeah, that, that goes, that flies right in the face of... Your salvation is completely dependent on God alone. Yeah, and so, so I think part of the problem, and we're using bigger words here, but we're going to dive into some more of them, um, Pelagianism was, was called... By the church in church history, multiple times a heresy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie, do you have that definition of, of Pelagianism up, or do I, did I not? Tell yeah, you so, a, a Pelagianism is associated with the teaching of this guy Pelagius uh, in the fourth and fifth century, and it's a theological position that denies the doctrine of original sin. It uh, emphasizes human merit and uh, willpower in salvation and holds uh, an optimistic view of human nature and also downplays the necessity for divine grace. It was, uh, it was deemed heretical by various church councils, councils uh, for undermining biblical teachings on human sinfulness and the need for God's grace and the sovereignty of God uh, in salvation. Yeah, so Pelagianism basically says everybody can come to Jesus on their own, mm-hmm. right? They can come to God um, on their own. Um, it, it denies original sin, not that Adam sinned, but the, the theology of original sin, which means that our nature has been ruined, which if you want more on that, go back and podcast. We pretty much beat that horse dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so Pelagianism, this idea that anybody can come to Jesus on their own, it's called a heresy, right? Yeah. Not a problem, but most people don't know that. Like yeah. we, we've had common conversations with people that that's exactly how they define their theology by a short version of Pelagianism. Yeah, and semi-Pelagianism would be that's, like we're talking about today that 
he kind of works a little bit in their life. Yeah, he took ninety nine steps, and they just have to take the one. Yeah, um, but again, biblical theology would would say that they, they we're not able to take one because mm-hmm. we're like Lazarus, right? Yeah, Lazarus couldn't take one single step until Jesus effectually called him from death into life, and he said, yeah. "Lazarus, come forth." And so, our salvation: we are dead in our sins, and we are then effectually called by Jesus, like Lazarus, to come forth, and mm-hmm. boom, we are made alive. Yeah, he didn't leave it up to Lazarus to decide, am I going to get out of this tomb should or I, should I stay in this tomb? Stinketh more? Stinketh ain't bad. I kind of like not taking a bath and yeah. not stinketh. Life is really hard out there. I got all these new friends. No, these Lazarus maggots. came out of the freaking grave. That's right. When Jesus effectually called him forth. Um, and so, yeah, that's, 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 and then let's jump back into the paragraph. Um, taking away. Let's start there. So he renews their wills. And by his almighty power turns them to good and effectually draws them to Jesus. Yet he does all this in such a way that they come completely freely since they are made willing by his grace. Yeah. And so God does it again. I think Lazarus is the best, one of the best examples in the Bible of, of effectually calling. He didn't, didn't leave any of it up to chance. Jesus called him out by name. We who are dead in our sins, he calls us out by name and we respond by coming forth. Yep. Cool. All right. Paragraph two. Um, and that's, by the way, found in John six forty four. He says, no one comes to me unless the father who sent me draws me and I will raise them up on that last day. Hmm. That's good stuff. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's read paragraph two up to the uh, totally passive in it part. This effectual call flows from God's free and special grace alone, not from anything at all foreseen in those called. Neither does the call arise from any power or action on their part. They are totally passive in it. All right. So this, um, the analogy I use here, if, if you want a human analogy, this is we are drowning, right? We're drowning in our sin. Um, we're drowning, and uh, Jesus is the lifeguard who jump, or the I don't know the captain who jumps in the ocean <laughs> that we're drowning in, and he saves us. Um, the problem is people want to then throw a parade for the guy who who got saved. Look what I did. Yeah. I I decided. I chose. <laughs> yeah. No. Or even even just the analogy where they say, "Oh, he threw you a life raft." God yeah. didn't throw us a freaking life raft. <laughs> he, he saved us. He did it all. Yeah, we were going down. He dove in the water of sin. He died on the cross, res- rescuing us from our sin and our death. You okay over there, buddy? The fly just tried to go in my mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shailin, Shailin in talking about that, he says, uh, he's, he, in talking about that analogy in one of his songs, he says, uh, no, we were dead, barely floating. <laughs> God <laughs> dove in and breathed life into us and... Brought us out of the water. Like, he did it all. He, he saved did it us all. completely. That's right. We were completely dead, um, and he, he saved us completely. Um, we didn't take one step, right? There were no steps to take. We were dead. We were drowning in our sin, and he did the complete rescue job for us. Yeah, I, think um, I remember a story that uh, R.C. Sproul was in, uh, having a debate with someone over this word, draws. And uh, they were saying, it's you know it's my decision hmm. when he draws me. I... He calls me and I go. And uh, R.C. Sproul's like, okay, so when you take a a pail and you go to the water, 
Do you call the water <laughs> into your pail? No, you draw it. You physically put it in there and you take it out. You don't call it into your pail. That's good. Mm. Yeah. And then he probably said, ha, why do I got to teach you theology? <laughs> What's wrong with you people? What's wrong with you? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep going. Keep reading that. Uh, being they're dead in sins. Yeah. Oh, they're dead in sins and trespasses until they are made alive and renewed by the Holy Spirit. By this, they are enabled to answer this call and to embrace the grace offered and conveyed in it. Mm, That's how we are saved. We 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 all use not we all, but most Christians use the language of saved by grace. Um, But but grace means he did he did it all. Mm -hmm. Um, We could earn none of it. We could do none of it. We could decide none of it. He empowered, he enabled when the Holy Spirit came in us and drew us to him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about here. Um, again, deeper waters. Um, uh, most people are happy with the, the, uh, you know, the phrase saved by grace and moving on. Um, but let's, this is let's what dive it into means that we're what does it mean? Yes. Yeah, what does it mean? It means he saved. He, he did all the saving. We did mm-hmm. all the drowning, all the dying, all the rotting, all the stinketh. Yep. Um, all right, read that last sentence. This one, oh, this one gets me, man. Go ahead. This response is enabled by a power that is no less than that which raised Christ from the dead. Oh, man. That's how we're saved. We are saved by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Hang on to that for a minute. Golly, I wish I could say something. Profound about this. That's enough. It's That's profound. Just, it's profound in its own. Yeah. <laughs> just, just read it again. Golly. This response is enabled by a power that is no less than that which raised Christ from the dead. Amen and amen. Golly. I think it stuff. speaks more to just the uh, how effectual is this calling. Yeah. It's just as effectual as it was for raising Christ from the dead. <laughs> so think about that for a minute. Yeah. If you think you can save yourself. And your salvation is in your own hands. Why don't you raise somebody from the dead? (laughs) (laughs) See how easy that is. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll wait. (laughs) Oh, man, that's good stuff. That's how we're saved, by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Um, And he was raised 100%. He -hmm. did all the saving. He did all the raising. We do all the sinning. All right, paragraph three. Let's read uh, through Saved by Grace, I think. Elect infants... Dying in infancy are regenerated and saved by Christ through the Spirit, who works when and where and how he pleases. The same is true for every elect person who is incapable of being outwardly called by the ministry of the Word. Yeah, so this again, this is saved by grace. Um, This would be very uncomfortable to some folks who just just want the green light to everybody. And to be honest, we, we need to recognize how Pelagian that is. Uh, how that has been um, deemed heretical, not biblical teaching. Um, it's not a green light for anybody, and anybody who then walks walks through it on their own power makes it through. Yeah. It's 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 God choosing even even babies, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to save every baby that He chose to save, and so so we get to we get to rest in that, um, and that's that's what it means to to be saved by grace. You you have a definition of effectual calling, Jamie. Um, read, read that. I think that's a, this is a good place for that. So effectual calling is the inward work of the Holy Spirit, accompanied by the preaching of the gospel, whereby sinners are enabled 
to respond to the gospel call with repentance and faith. So if you're not going to church, guys, if you're not studying your Bible, how can you be saved? Hmm. Ouch. There has to be the word. There has to be preaching. There has to be a work of hearing that word and having the Holy Spirit changing you by that word. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and again, we're not talking about earning salvation. We're we're actually talking about the opposite. Is is once once you are saved, what are these things that we do um, to grow in the love and knowledge of Jesus? That's good. All right, paragraph four. Let's read up to the without being saved part. Those who are not elected will not and cannot truly come to Christ, and therefore cannot be saved because they are not effectually drawn by the Father. Ooh. Stop there. Keep going. Yeah. Stop there. Okay. So does that mean? Um, he chooses some and predestined others for wrath. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of quoted scripture. I think that's where yeah, it's not. <laughs> uh, people don't like this, that's right? Rhetorical. <laughs> I had to think. I had to think because I was like, is this just question? He said something right. I, is he asking me if that's right? There's nothing wrong about that. Yeah, I just, I just quoted Romans 8, I think. Um, and so, yeah, guys, that's, that's what it means. Um, and, but, but here's the thing. People will, will, will cry unfair. That's not right. That's unjust of God. Um, so it, is it? No. Why not? I, I don't understand. Well, it's, it's, uh, we don't want what's fair. <laughs> uh, if we got what was fair, all of us would go to hell. Yeah. Um, and it's not unjust of God because he sent his son to take the punishment for sin in the place of sinful man. Mm. And, uh, in doing so became just and the justifier. As Romans tells us, hmm. he is just in that he took the punishment upon himself. Yeah. And then the justifier in making those whom he chose right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's, again, this is tough pills as well. This is deeper waters. And, uh, wouldn't the next, the next normal reaction is that I hear from people is, well, if, God's just going to save who's going to save. I can just shut up and, and kick my feet up and do nothing, right? That's mm. that's what I hear. Yeah, except for there's uh, one problem with that. Go ahead. It's called disobedience. <laughs> um, it's by the preaching of the word that people are going to to respond to the gospel. Yeah. Um, and Jesus tells us to go into the world and make disciples of every nation. We're told to do so. Yeah. Um, he's, he's allowed us to be a part of his mission, putting all things under his feet. Um, and to not do so would be disobedient. Yeah. And can I add another, just another little side note to this, this point, the the people who make this point towards me, um, they they would say, no, I'd want to preach to many people as possible and see as many people get saved as possible. And I'd say, yes, me too. Do that. Yeah, you should. Right. Um, but the, uh, Here's the, the working of that out is I've been on staff at different churches where I'm the only one who's, who's subscribing to the effectual calling of Jesus yet. And everybody else would, would subscribe to semi-Pelagianism, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or Pelagianism and, uh, saying that, it, that we just got to get them to take one step. You know, Jesus would take the 99. Um, here's the truth of the matter is in every real life scenario I've been in, I've been the most evangelistic one in the, in the group. Mm. That's all there is to it. Yeah. If I'm the only the only one subscribing to this, the only Calvinist in the room, there's probably a good chance I'm the most evangelistic, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so your theory actually doesn't work out. And it's really just 
proving how lazy you would be if you yeah. would get good theology or, or you'd like to be, right? Also, also, um, I've been on the mission field before yeah, and have gone around. Where? Southeast Asia. Come on. Viet Vietnam. Viet Vietnam. Uh, when I was in Vietnam. Wait, we, say it right. When I was in Viet Vietnam. <laughs> or you could say back in Nam. Back when I was in Nam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember having this moment where I, I thought, if I thought it depended on me mm. to, uh, to make sure that people respond to the gospel, I would be beating my head up against a wall. Yeah trying to figure out what I can do to get these people to respond to the gospel. Yeah. If I thought it depended on me. However, because it doesn't depend on me, I can actually rest easy at night. Yeah. Knowing that I'm just being obedient to what God told me to yeah. do. And if people are if his sheep are there, they'll hear his voice and they'll respond to it. Ooh. Yes. Um we can we can actually we actually have hope in that when we share the gospel, people will respond. Mm. Whereas those that don't have the same theology don't have that same hope. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it's 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 manipulation. It's getting people to take that one step, and, yeah. and, and then it's redefining that one step, right? It's it's yeah. pray this prayer. It's it's you know do this thing or whatever. And and there's a real fuzzing of the line of calling people to repent and believe the gospel, uh, yeah, and commit their lives to following Him. All right, so let's read uh, paragraph four up to uh, without being saved. So they may even be called by the ministry of the word and may receive some ordinary working of the spirit without being saved oh i'm sorry that's what we just read no it's not no, no. we didn't we yeah. didn't do that yeah so, so listen small town west texas probably small town anywhere wherever you're at big town doesn't matter they're filled with people like this right mm-hmm. like, we see them all the time um people who think we we've heard it quite often oh, i'm good with god me um, and the guy upstairs yeah me and the big guy upstairs we're good we have an understanding yeah I hope you do. <laughs> and I hope you're not counting on that understanding. I hope, hope you're counting on Jesus, right? Yeah. Um, the apostles had these same people, though, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. you have Acts like, chapter 8, right? Yeah, Acts 8. We see Simon the sorcerer. Um, and uh, he comes in, and he gets baptized. And uh, he's seeing all these people that have the Holy Spirit working in their lives. And he's like, yeah, I want to I want to pay for that. And he tries to offer the apostles <laughs> money. And this is Peter's response to him. Whew. Hurts, hurts my feelings a little bit. Um, Peter's response to him in Acts 8 is, uh, May your silver perish with you because you, you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. Mm. You have neither part you have neither part nor lost in, in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of the wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond, in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me that the Lord, that that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Um, Joe Lowstein would have taken that money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people would have taken that money. They'd yeah. be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I can pray for you. Yeah, I'll sure. pray for you. You fall in the spirit. You'll do this holy laughter thing. It'd be good. Mm. They said, no, keep your money. It has no part here. Mm. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. So so this, I think, is we're we're closing her down. Um, I think we have to talk a little bit about the uh, Jesus without religion or Jesus without theology, folks. Right? Um, okay, we'll get we'll get we'll get plenty of pushback. Right? Uh, you're 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 trying to figure out the deep things of God. Why dive this deep into what it means? Why can't I just say saved by grace and move on? Why can't I have childlike faith? Right? Trev, what's your response? 
Um, why do you want to keep being like a child? <laughs> that's my up. first. That's my first thought. Maybe said grow up. <laughs> I mean, Hebrews. He's in Hebrews. He says, he says you should be moved on from this by now. You should be moved on from oh. from drinking milk. Mm. Um, and so many times, people in the church just they're like, yeah, just give me more milk. Mm. Um, no, we should be growing. We should be growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. Yeah. Um, and not be comfortable with not growing. Yeah. We have, uh, we've, I've talked about little sniffers a little bit, but we, uh, we have a, a Kawadi Mundi and, uh, this little guy I had from a baby sucking on a little bottle I would prepare for him. Dude. And he could, it was adorable. He could smell when I cracked the lid to that powdered milk, right? He knew, Oh, it's milk time. And dude, did he love it. And to this day, if I, if I cracked that and I poured a bottle, I know for sure he would take the bottle. He would grab it, hold it in his two little hands, and just he <laughs> love it, right? Um, but I tell you what, he's the best mouser we've ever had. There's no, there's no other critter in on God's green earth that is as good as catching mice as this guy. And it wouldn't have happened if he didn't grow up and get off that milk, um, mm. dude. He catch, he catches mice. He loves it. Like loves it's so much it. different. Oh man, he cracks a he cracks a skull like a Budweiser. No, he's not a Bud drinker. All right, no, <laughs> he no. cracks a skull like a Shiner Coke in a bottle, <laughs> and just finishes that tail like spaghetti, dude. He there's there's no other better there's no better mouse when we live on a cotton field. There's no better critter to have to catch those mice. Just the other day we had one in the house and Blanda's like, go outside and get sniffers so we can get this thing. Um, yeah, if he had stayed on milk, he wouldn't have found his function in our family and in the home. And I think, I think church is the same way. We have a lot of people that are just, you're still sucking on that bottle. You're still on that milk. We need to get past those cute catchphrases. We need to get, <laughs> we need to get cat past the license plate theology, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for, Forgiven, not perfect. Okay, true, but can we can we get the gospel in there? You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think Jesus without religion. The, the this chapter ends with you should be living out your faith. You should mm-hmm. come live in Christendom and and live your life out the way Scripture tells us to. And I think that's the take home, right? I mean, yeah. right. live out this faith. Get off the milk um, and and go catch you some mice, man. Right. Delicious. Do it. I hate mice. <laughs> So the last sentence is, much less can any be saved who do not receive the Christian religion. No matter how diligently they live their lives according to the light of nature and the teachings of religions they profess. Hmm. Yeah, so we're supposed to live this thing out. It takes takes routine. It takes ritual. If you're not a part of God's church on the Lord's Day on Sunday, you need to be. Um, If you don't have a habit, if you don't have a routine of of getting the scripture and feeding yourself. It's time for that. These are, these are walking out our faith and, and living out what we say we believe. Um, and it, and it takes W O R K repent Work. and believe. Work. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All of those things. <laughs> um, so that's what I got. All right. Cool. Well, um, don't forget to like, share, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review. Um, ask questions, ask some questions. Hey, Seuss is our top, our top, our top person engaging top in these things. Top dog. Hey, Seuss. How about whoa, other people whoa. engaging some stuff with some good content? <laughs> <laughs> no, we love we love I Chewy. Love we love Chewy. I love him. I've All known right. three Hey Seuss's in my life. He's the only one I call Hey Seuss. My other ones was Chewy and one was Smiley because mm. they didn't want to, you know, 
break the second commandment with their <laughs> That's neighbor. not why they didn't do it. Oh, gosh. All right, guys. That's, uh, that's all we got this week. My name is Mike Watt. I'm the Lucha Preacher. I'm Too Sweet Trevor Cowan. And I'm Jamie. Get off the milk in Hosa. <laughs> you guys, be sweet. Show Jesus. Later. Later. See you.